suppose if you wanted a, a title for the talk, it would be the armor of light. Put on the armor of light. Show you how to win an argument. Uh, which is one, it's not to argue. Uh, so a little, a little sub subtitle would be compare and contrast. To compare and contrast. In, in Mark 11, verse 27, and they come against Jerusalem and as he was walking in the temple, uh, they come to him, Jesus, the chief priests and the scribes and the elders, and say to him, uh, by what authority doest thou these things? And who gave thee this authority to do these things? And Jesus answered and said to them, I will also ask of you one question and answer me, and I will tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John was it from heaven or of men, answer me. And they reasoned within themselves, saying, if we shall say from heaven, we sh uh, he will say, why did you not believe him? Uh, but if we shall say of men, they feared the people, for all men counted John that he was a prophet indeed. Uh, and, and, and they answered and said to Jesus, we cannot tell. And Jesus answered and said to them, neither do I tell you by what authority uh, I do these things. Uh, this was their job. Their job as ministers of, of religion, really, uh, was to serve the people. And they're serving themselves, they're sitting on the fence, they're keeping themselves safe. Right? If we answer it, we might get into trouble, so we won't answer it. And he figured that out. Now, it's a funny thing. They might not know whether it was from heaven or from them. And if they said, I don't know, that would be honest. But he said, we can't tell. To keep themselves safe, to protect themselves, to keep their own peace. And um, uh, they're serving their own bellies. You know, if you read on in the New Testament, people serve their own bellies. Uh, and they don't serve the Lord uh, because if it, if it was from heaven, he should be telling the people he should be baptized. And if it was, was of men, he should be telling men that. It was their job. And, and um, uh, could they have known? You know, how, how would you know? Well, if you think of Israel as a nation, it was surrounded by pagan religion, which they would have known a lot about. The Old Testament talks a lot about idol, idols and idolatry, how to tell them apart from the true living God. Uh, they, they, they've been taken away in idolatry themselves in times past. So a bit like us as, as, a, as an organization, we should know the difference between uh, that which comes from men and that which comes from God. You should have known. But even if they didn't know, to say I don't know is honest. Right? And God's not going to pull you up for honest. He's not. You know, it's a safe place. Um, uh, and um, whether it's from heaven or, 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 or from men, it changes everything because if it's from heaven, you, you bow to it, you go along with it. If it's of men, then... But how do, how do you tell what's from heaven and what's from men? And, and this is where you get the idea of compare and contrast. So to compare and contrast things, you know, Monty put on a, a little YouTube video a few weeks ago, which I liked. And uh, the guy was, he was talking about the God as creator. He had the funny voice, didn't he? God is the creator. He's not in the computer. <laughs> so he shows a computer and he talks about creation. And he says, the, the man who made the computer is not in the computer. That's what he said, didn't he? He said, uh, just like that. He's got, he's got quite a voice. He, I quite like American accents, and he's got quite a good one. He says, he's not in the computer. Then he compares it to creation. And he says, so therefore, because the question was, where did God come from? Where did God come from? And uh, he, he, he says, he says so, so if God was in his creation, he wouldn't be God. He must be outside of it to have made it. And I thought it was a very good way of putting something. And, and um, so, uh, what you need to, com to what you need to, to to do a comparison like that, right? You need both things standing. You need two things standing, and you need light to tell them apart. 
uh, and, a, and a, a reasonable understanding uh, that it affects your mind. Because most people would think, you've got a point, mate. Most people would think that that's a reasonable thing to say. Uh, it, it was well-reasoned. Uh, we've got a few things with, with, the, with the Kent County show. One of them, one of them is, is the birds and their ability, um, all sorts of abilities. I was looking a bit more at starling mermations, and it, there's one where, where they're in Rome. There's lots of them in Rome, and it shows this uh, peregrine falcon trying to catch one, and it cannot, it cannot pinpoint one bird among the thousands. It probably can sometimes, but this time it shows it's not. But another thing it said. Uh, the starling reacts 10 times faster than any human pilot to what's going on around it, 10 times faster. So it's very impressive. Uh, and, um, uh, and, and and then you're getting it, aren't it? The 10 times faster than man, you're getting a compare. So uh, with the show, we've got the red arrows. There's nine of them. They move as one. And they're smart. People are impressed. Uh, the starlings, you couldn't count them. You couldn't count them. You couldn't tell which one is the leader. Uh, and, and, and yet they're smarter than the Red Arrows. So you're comparing, and, and, and one's got something good about it, but the other one's fabulous, far out of sight, out of sight, man, uh, as, as I say all the time. And, and uh, so uh, that's what I want to show in the Bible, that, that, that there is a way, the armor of light, uh, you know, you want both things in, in whatever you want to compare to, true and false religion. You want them next to each other, uh, uh, that one would stand and one would fall. Uh, the baptism of the, of, of the Roman Catholic Church is sprinkling of babies. Is it of God or is it of men? Well, if you read the Bible, you'll find that that is not that. That is not that. And so one stands, the true one stands because he's showing it, and the false one falls because he's showing it up. And any reasonable person uh, uh, will see what you're doing and hopefully you make the right choice, and whether they make the right choice or not. It's not so much. Our job's done for that moment. Anyway, uh, uh, the, the, you know, the, 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 there's another one that I like with the um, with the um, with the creation thing, and that was I, I mentioned that last week in the in the biomimicry. There's a thing called biomimicry where they use nature to make inventions. The stealth bomber, uh, it's an American stealth bomber. Its wingspan is based on a seed that comes off a tree and flies like that. And they've got the exact same shape, and that's where they got it from. It's not similar; it's the same. And, and um, another one was I was mentioning last week, Kevlar, which is very tough fiber. There's another name for it. Uh, is is um, they, they get the idea from spiders? Spiders silk is so tough, it's so strong. And and um, and then somebody said that when they make this Kevlar stuff, as I say, there's a different name for it technically. Uh, the, it's high heat, and there's a lot of toxic waste. The spider uses dead flies and water. Now, that, to me, that thanks. Uh, I know I said that last week, but that's funny. The comparison is funny because one is interesting and the other one is marvelous and delightful. Now, now you're getting into God. That's God. He's marvelous and delightful uh, at every turn. And um, so we want to compare and contrast. Acts chapter 26. Sometimes if you're looking at things that are good and things that are, that are far better, uh, we had a guy here last year, uh, David, um, David and Leroy Holden, David Holden, and, and he, he come he come after the first meeting, and we, we were having a chat, and um, I'd been looking, at, I'd been looking at uh, what what got me going was a simple thing on the TV about about um, Britain, and it was saying that the um, in the Victorian times the British believed you could create wealth 
So they built accordingly. They built canals to move trade trade stuff around, coal particularly. They built canals. Fabulous system. It took an awful lot of doing. An awful lot of doing. Because they believed you could create wealth. You could make things that no one wanted. And once you'd made them, everyone would want them. I like that. And he said, compared to the French, it had a different mentality because of the Bible. A Catholic mentality. And, a, and an atheist mentality also. It was strong in France. Uh, they believed the only way to create wealth was to take somebody else's. Well, not create it, was to get more wealth, to take somebody else's. So they built canals, canals for military purposes. So they, they had Napoleon, and they were going to try and take everybody's land. And, and uh, that, that, that got me going on, on man being creative. So I was talking to David about that. Then he came up and he did the peacock spider. Everyone remember the peacock spider? The tiny little spider about this big. They've only just discovered them in Australia, and he danced to the, to the, to the music and all that, staying alive. And, and uh, they, really, they really do. And what, what, what he was saying uh, before, it was just a simple conversation. What he was saying, he said, he said, yeah, man can, but when God does, he doesn't have to show you up. I think, well, you know, no argument. Uh, and, and, and this is this, uh, Acts 26 in verse 12. This is Paul's testimony. Uh, uh, only one a little bit. In verse 12, whereupon I went unto Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priests. At midday, O king, I saw in the way a light from heaven above the brightness of the sun shining round about me and then which journeyed with me. And, and uh, uh, it's a light that outshone the noonday sun. And Jesus, Jesus actually, this actually may be what it's like when he comes back. You know, some of the, I, I was talking to someone one day and he, he'd been thinking about, he's heard about Jesus coming back, but he knew nothing. And he says, how's it going to work? Everybody's going to want to go and see him. There'll be crowded, that will be just troublesome. <laughs> and and uh, so I mentioned this, this this scripture, you know, and you know how will everyone know if he's on one side of the world, the round world? Uh, how will everybody know, you know, on the other side? Uh, but here there was a light that outshone the noonday sun, and it does talk about the brightness of his coming. I'm not saying it's going to be like that. It's just something that puts in mind. And I suppose the noonday sun, you could say, what what is the the best naturally? The noonday sun is put as being the brightest. I'm not sure that it is. Usually gets hot at about four o'clock and twelve o'clock. Um, or maybe at the equator it gets hot at twelve o'clock. Um, Mad dogs and Englishmen go out in the, in the noonday sun. And uh, so, so you know, there are things in nature that are good. People do good things. They make lovely cars and all this, and you know, quite inventive, creative. Uh, the best team in, in in the World Cup will be the team that figured it out the best. You know, to a point, uh, and it's interesting. Uh, but when it comes to God, how shines the noonday sun? You know, I, I, when, you, when you've got uh, light like that, the natural light doesn't add anything to the great light. If, if, if you're in your house in the daytime, it's a sunny day, and you turn the light on or off, you don't even notice, because it adds nothing to it. It's not needed. Uh, I suppose one of the points with that is, uh, you know, there are good things that people do medically, for example. Uh, man does good, you know, at his peak he does things good medically. In all sorts of ways, you know, we're talking about herbs this morning. Some herbs are good. A little bit of an inexact science. We're talking about acupuncture and Chinese medicine. After Colin loves all that. And uh, somewhere, somewhere once, the lady really hurt me. So, uh, but it, she fixed my arm. She fixed my arm. So, uh, uh, and then, then we've, we've got our side. So there's contrast in those things. Compare and contrast. The peacock spider to anything you could mention. Really, anything you could mention. And that's only the beginning. It's just... It's just, uh, but the other thing is comparing light and dark, comparing things that are true with things that are false, right? 
Uh, and the thing, what, what a lot of people do is they'll do what the Pharisees did. I can't tell. Because if I tell, there's going to be trouble of one sort or other. If I say something, somebody isn't right, uh, uh, you miss out. If something's straight or crooked, uh, you, need, you need a plumb line. If I drew a line on the wall, down the wall, you couldn't tell me if it was straight by your mind. You would have to have something to contrast it to. And that needs to be, you can get, you can get a spirit level. And you can tell if it's straight or if it's not. And then you can compare, contrast. As I say, the other thing you need is light uh, and, and a reasonable understanding. Uh, there's a guy called Francis Bacon. He was around in Elizabethan England. I think he worked for Elizabeth, Queen Elizabeth. And uh, he, he said the great thing was the time of the Reformation. And uh, the Reformation's interesting because until the Reformation, there'd been basically no Bible. And then this Bible comes out and it's a line to measure things back to contrast things to. And the established church was, was Roman Christian. And apparently somebody read it and he said, either this isn't God's words or we're not Christians. And they were right. Um, uh, Francis Bacon, he said, all religions are the same, the same way that all colours are the same in the dark. You know, uh, I was talking to a lady the other day, she said, there's so many different doctrines. So many different doctrines. She said, yeah, it's a tricky business. Our business is a tricky business. Uh, but there is, there is a way of going about things, which is a scriptural way. And it's not an aggressive way. But it is a way that sheds light on differences. Uh, one of the things this lady was saying about, the, 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 you know, she tell about some place that she went to and it was great and they never got to preach because everyone fell over in the Holy Ghost. And um, uh, she said earlier on that she didn't believe, she, she, she checked everything against their Bible. And I said, well, you, you don't find that in the Bible. You don't find, you, in the New Testament, the only people that fell over by the power of the Holy Ghost were the people that came to arrest Jesus. Apart from that, uh, from, from the Gospel of Matthew, the beginning of, to the end of Revelation, it doesn't happen to anyone who's spirit-filled. That is different. That's a contrast. One of them is, and one of them isn't. You know, and that's all you're doing is contrasting, comparing and contrasting. Uh, and, and that's called the armor of life. Uh, and it's important that you don't sue for peace uh, in, in, in that situation. Um, uh, we won't turn to it, but, you know, uh, the response you get is varies. Uh, oh, we'll look at that later. First Samuel chapter 5. So the, the uh, Israelites have, have, have had war with um, the Philistines and lost. In verse 1. First Samuel chapter 5 and verse 1. And the Philistines took the ark of God and brought it from Ebenezer unto Ashdod. And when the Philistines took the ark of God, they brought it into the house of Dagon and set it by Dagon. And when they of Ashdod arose early on the morrow, behold, Dagon was fallen upon his face to the earth before the ark of the Lord. And, and they took Dagon and he set him in, in his place again. And when they arose early on, on the morrow morning, that's a nice way of putting it. Behold, Dagon was falling, was fallen upon his face to the ground before the ark of the Lord. And the head of Dagon and both palms of his hands were cut off upon the threshold. Only the stump of Dagon was left to him. Therefore, the priests of Dagon, um, nor any that come into Dagon's house, tread on the threshold of Dagon in Ashdod to this day. So, so, so they take the ark of the Lord, you know, it's, it's the ark of the covenant. It's got, it's got the mercy seat in there. Uh, the testimony and, and all this. It kind of represents the presence of God, if you like, and, and um, it represents victory. And uh, they, they brought it into, the, into the, the temple of their God. Now, now, Dagon's a fish god. 
Dagon's a fish god, so so when the priest the priest of Dagon will put a fish's head on top of their head, looks very much like a mitre, it really does. And the fish's mouth is open, and fish represent uh, fertility. And so the two things are put alongside each other. Uh, and first of all, theirs falls over, so they stand it back up again. And then it falls over and falls to bits. And there's nothing left of it. You couldn't stand it back up again. And what one thing, you know, with, with, a, with compare and contrast, there's no problem with time. There's no problem with time. You know, uh, you can read in Isaiah, uh, peace, peace, I say, you know, that the Lord says, um, uh, you know, about sending his word and healing people. And it says, the wicked are not so. They like the trouble. See, they cast up dirt and mire. They want to cloud the issues. Things are being coming clearer. People try to cloud the issue, close down the conversation. You know, that's sometimes when people get a bit personal. If they go for you, they go for you uh, because they don't like what the word is doing to their heart. There's a lot of people that were like that that sit in the hall today. Sit in the hall today. You know, Lindsay was saying for a couple of years, uh, she agitated. You know, she agitated because of what was going on, not because of what Derek was doing, because of what was going on in here. Uh, and it was interesting that in all the times he was seeking and not finding, she never asked him anything. She didn't want to ask him anything. But when he'd found, uh, uh, she, she, she knew there was something uh, uh, to compare things to, and he compared their, their experiences of the Holy Spirit. They were compared. And one of them stood and one of them had its leg broken in the conversation. You know, uh, Sandra went to the priest when Dennis wrote to her and asked her the questions about christening and all this being in the Bible. And he wanted to close down her conversation. You know, he wanted to make it shorter uh, rather than longer. He didn't want to compare and contrast. You know, uh, it's, it's, quite, it's quite common. The other thing is, this is not a violent situation. We are not a violent people. We are not an aggressive people. Uh, but neither are we a people that will for peace hide the light. That's a mug's game. It's a mug's game, you know, because uh, then you won't be able to compare and then all sorts will, will, will come in. Uh, God won this war alone. D D Dagon, Dagon is, is an image, really. It's an idol, it's an image. It, it represents something. Uh, we, live in, we live in an age where image is very important. Don't care too much for it. Don't care too much for it. Uh, uh, you know, one thing, it's okay if the image is similar to what's inside, but often it isn't. You know, there was, there was, a, there was a thing in the, on the news of people, people finishing the Festival of Eid in Birmingham. It's all peaceful and lovely and they eat all nice food and all that. Like, and, uh, uh, but there are other parts behind that religion, behind the facade of it, of being of, of peace uh, that are kept from you. Yeah, I, I was watching. I wasn't watching. It was, it was in the paper. Uh, there's, uh, Islam um, has, a, has an organization called White Flag, and it's like the Red Cross. And in Syria, the British uh, pay for it. We pay for White Flag. And this guy had been over there, a vicar, and he came back and he said, what he saw uh, is not what they're supposed to do. He said their officers uh, are right next to the extremist people's officers. He says they are the same people. Uh, he, he was saying that, um, talking about images, he was saying there's one, uh, but somebody had blown up somebody else and uh, this boy got caught up in it and he says before they treated them he got the cameraman round to take the picture because the picture was good propaganda because his dad was crying for him to treat the boy and he said the vicar was standing there and he said he wouldn't treat him until he got the image because the image goes all around the world and wins hearts 
The fact is, he made them suffer to get the image. I know the testimony of those places, and that is the testimony of those places. That is the testimony. Compare and contrast, you know. Uh, uh, but, you know, make sure it's not the image that people are putting forward uh, that, that you're relying on. As a fellowship, we're not bothered about having an image. Not particularly concerned about having an image. It, it, it leads you to look after the image. Uh, look after the whole, and the image will look after itself. The way we're perceived will look after itself. Where should we go? We'll just see what's on the list. Um, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. When the, when the Reformation started, as I said, it's quite a story. And before then, um, the whole Europe was Catholic. The whole world, in a way, in a sense, in a biblical sense, was Catholic. And um, uh, the Bible was just about forbidden. And uh, uh, when the Reformation came, people, people um, brought out the, the scriptures, uh, which is a great uh, problem for the Catholic Church. Call no man father upon this earth. It's a bit of a problem, isn't it? If you just lay them side by side, um, uh, that Mary had other children, uh, 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 that buying your salvation was not on, that it was not by works. You know, if your righteousness is bought or earned through works, then it is of self by definition. By definition, it, it is of self. Uh, you know, one of the things with Dagon is he fell. And there's a number of times it uses that expression in the Bible about falling on your face or falling. And the Bible says, if you be justified through works, you have fallen from grace. Compare and contrast. And your faith be in the right things. We do want to work. We do want to work for the Lord. But sometimes you can almost be chasing your own tail because you maybe you feel a bit condemned or you, you don't feel so secure and you try to earn it. But you're going about it the wrong way. And the fruit of it won't be the fruit that's intended. It's the works of faith uh, 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 that God has. And they, they, do, they, they are different. They are different. Uh, the problem comes when there's no comparison available. So people just go along with what's stuck in front of them religiously because uh, they want something. Second Thessalonians. Yeah, so, so, so when the Reformation came, one of the things that Martin Luther did, he, he drew cartoons. That, you know, Europe wasn't totally illicit. I think London was apparently something like 60% could breathe. I'm not sure reading right, but could read. And in Europe, maybe less so. I'm not sure. Uh, but not everyone could read. So what he did was he drew cartoons. Uh, and one of the cartoons he drew was um, uh, of Jesus washing the disciples' feet, which is in the Bible. So he just drew it as it's written. Uh, it doesn't mean for us to wash our feet. He took each other's feet, by the way. He said, what I do now, you know not. So he wasn't saying that this is what you should do. He's saying, I'm giving you an example, a spiritual one, not a physical one. Uh, I know some people do it. Uh, anyway, um, it's not what's meant. And um, and then he showed that on the other side of the same cartoon is the Pope having his, his feet kissed. And what he's saying is, this is not that. This is not that. Uh, and and it, that's the, it's the light that both can be seen. That's all you want, is that both can be seen and that people are reasonable. Second uh, Thessalonians chapter two and verse three it says, "Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin shall be revealed, uh, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he as God sits in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God." And and he, he continues a little bit. Uh, what uh, um, in verse eight? 
uh, is, is, is the path that I want. It says, uh, and, and then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy uh, with the brightness of his coming. Uh, God is a jealous God. He's a consuming fire. And in, in, um, in, um, in the court of the Lord is a thing called the crime of passion. Where somebody loves so much that they did destructive things. You know, now, you, you couldn't say that's exactly the same as the Lord's because he doesn't get out of hand, if you like. Uh, but God is a consuming fire. It might not be straight away, uh, 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 but it will be. And, and, and there it talks about uh, he will consume with the spirit of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. And it's two different things. And as soon as the Bible was out, as soon as it was seen, people, people left off from being under that yoke. He walked away. You know, not everyone. Some people, some people like to stay there. Uh, uh, when Dagon was shown to be powerless, some of them carried on in, in their pagan way. But it's been shown, you know, uh, and, 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 uh, and the brightness of his coming is a different time. So, uh, you, you know, we live in an age where uh, um, we're not under that cost, if you like. People are concerned about being critical, aren't they? People are concerned about being critical. Well, all you're doing is, is, is comparing and contrasting. Let people make their own minds up. But if you won't be critical, if Luther had not been critical, then what? Then what? You know, it's, 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 it's our job. It's, it's, uh, uh, it's our service. Inside and outside. Inside and outside. Here it talks about, oh, we'll, get, we'll get on to that in a minute. Um, I was reading some quotes, because there's one particular one I wanted later, by a prime minister called Stanley Baldwin around in the 20s and the 30s. And he's talking about Britain. And, and uh, that's the thing, isn't it? Talking about Britain, uh, um, uh, people are a bit uncomfortable about that these days. Is that right? You know, Israel as a nation is interesting. Uh, God made promises to it. Let no man eat fruit henceforth forever. No peace, love, and joy. But there are other promises that God has kept towards it. It's surrounded by people that hate it. It's surrounded by people that hate it uh, and would see it destroyed. And it has the friends uh, on this side of the world. And you think... You think it's important in, 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 in the fellowship. It's on, it's on, the, um, it's on the front there uh, of the building. We have what's called articles of association, uh, things that we believe as a fellowship. And, and uh, uh, it's important to keep those things going because uh, we inherited them, right? Uh, now, some people want to hide them because it's not everybody's cup of tea. It's not everybody's cup of tea. But if you hide it, how are you going to compare and contrast? How are you going to compare and contrast with the political stuff that he put on the TV compared to the stuff that's in the Bible? And, and then you move that on to the more important thing of salvation. And this is the quote from um, Stanley Baldwin. He says, he says there, are no, there is no country uh, where, where there are not somewhere lovers of freedom who look to this country to carry the torch and keep it burning bright until such, such time as they may again be able to light their, extingu their extinguished torches at our flame. We owe it not only to our own people, but to the world to preserve our soul for that. So he's talking about having a nation that's run according to God's laws. Now forget about the nation for a bit. Uh, there, there it spoke about somebody who has God sat in the temple of God saying that he was God. And then when you see, see the Bible, you see the things that are done in that temple and not the things that were done in the New Testament temple, the spiritual one, called no man father, forbid not to marry. Forbid not to marry, uh, um, you know, the monks and nuns things. You'll find them in Babylon religion. You will find them there. And they brewed beer there, by the way. 
the monks brewed the beer. And you find them in, in, the, in the Roman Catholic system, but you don't find them in the Bible. Right? But if you, if, you, if you take away the criticism, if you take away the light off of Babylon, if you take away the light off the Bible, then you cannot do that anymore. You cannot uh, uh, contrast and compare. So there is a point to keeping it, keeping it up, right? And, and, you know, bearing in mind, some people may not like it. I was talking to uh, one of the, the Aussies last week, and he was saying he gave a talk somewhere, and uh, he mentioned about pre-Adamic man. He said, someone came up to me later, hands on hips, tapping the foot. And he says, don't you ever say pre-Adamic man ever again. He says, oh. I said, hang on, Tommy. Yeah. I said his name. Uh, um, this is what we believe. Right? There may be people that don't believe that, but if you're in our fellowship, you should have respect for the fact that we do. You know? And for the most part, it's credible, sensible. It helps people to understand questions they've got that melt away once they've seen those things. Everything fits because of those things. Now, I'm not saying that we should dig out people that, 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 that aren't convinced of that. Right? Uh, but, you know, one of the great things of the New Testament church is, is that everything should be done decently in order and people shouldn't think that we are mad. People shouldn't think that we are mad. And so the doctrines we have have to be credible doctrines. Now, uh, uh, things like Adam and Eve, Noah, uh, uh, the promises to Abraham, they're credible historically. You know, and the, the others, I'm probably getting ahead of myself here. What happens if you don't have them is other things come in. Other things come in and take their place. And with prophecy, it's all about the future. And it's all utterly nonsense. It's utter rubbish. How people read it is beyond me. You know, and it fills them with rubbish. And if you leave the gap, it'll get filled with something. Uh, that, that is for, for later on. Second uh, Timothy chapter 2, verse 11. said, it's a faithful saying. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 11. But it, it's a faithful saying, if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we, if we believe not, yea, he abides faithful, he cannot uh, deny himself. People not believing God's promises doesn't make any difference in the slightest to them. You know, it just doesn't make any difference. Uh, in verse 15 it says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needs not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Okay, so rightly dividing the word of truth. You know, dividing is given things their portion. Uh, in, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the church it says the Holy Spirit um, uh, divides to each several years he will. Funny way of putting it. He, he gives people little services. It gives people, like in the meeting, people have little services, the word of faith, uh, the spiritual gifts and all this type of thing. Uh, uh, and, and then, and then uh, we give them out. And, and here it talks about rightly dividing the word of truth so people hear what they need to hear in the circumstances. It's no good comforting the unruly and warning uh, uh, the feeble-minded. It has to be the right way round. It has to be the right way round. Uh, the right word for the right situation. If somebody's got something crooked, you put along that which is straight, they can be straight. It's not aggressive, but it is necessary. Uh, and, um, you know, if you just put up, you know, the story about white flag uh, in, in, in Syria, if they just put up the image that white flag want to have put up, it's all nicey-nicey, but it isn't true. It isn't true. It isn't really what's going on. And it isn't people, things that people are thinking, something's not quite right here. Uh, uh, they like it. They like the comparison. Um, 
The image is more important than the truth. Yours included. It is a saying, a piece of possible truth at all costs. Who likes upsetting people? There might be one or two that do, by the way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, don't, don't use your liberty as a cloak of malice, the Bible says. Uh, but generally, uh, um, we don't like upsetting people, but we have a job to do, and we have a God to serve. And the thing, is, the thing with the truth is, you don't know whether it'll upset people until you tell it half the time. Sometimes you do know. Sometimes you do know. You know? Uh, uh, but it's still right to say uh, what needs to be said, especially when something crude is, is being presented. Um, in verse 19, we'll skip a little bit. No, we won't. I'll, I'll read that. But I'm sorry, I typed, typed it all up. In verse 16, it says, But shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto, unto more ungodliness, and their word will eat, as does a canker of whom is Hymenius and Philetus, who contain the truth of earth, saying the resurrection is past already, uh, overthrow uh, the faith of some. Hymenius, Hymenius and Philetus needed to be stood up to. People say, no, what, what they're saying is, is not what's right. And not just that it's not right, but compare it to what is right, to show in the scriptures that those things aren't so. Uh, you know, it's a particular thing at the time. And, and um, uh, compare and contrast, if you, if you think of, of, of the, you know, the Catholic Church and Martin Luther, uh, what, what exists in the, in, in the true church? It, here's another question. Is the one true church? Kind of. But so far as our... Our dealings go, it's no, you know, that um, there are others apart from us. We don't say we're the only ones, and I don't believe you should say that. But we do say that this is the only right. We must be born again, uh, and then that's just the beginning. And, um, uh, you know, in the true church, God's alive. Uh, things are done decently in order. It has a prophetic view of, of things. Um, it's credible. The true church is credible. Uh, uh, to the average man. It's not something where you get uh, extreme behaviour. Um, we'll be going, sorry, I'll, I'll get on. Yeah. Verse 19, it says, Nevertheless, um, the foundation of God stands sure, having this seal. The Lord knows them that are his, and let everyone that names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. So, so here, here it talks about the foundation. Uh, it's like a stone having a seal. Uh, a seal is for security. An identity. Um, uh, and this stone, it says, is inscribed with two things. That you are God's. And that you, uh, a part of your uh, um, identity as God's is that you are leaving iniquity behind. That is what you are doing. You know, contrast and compare it. Uh, I'll get onto that in a minute. Uh, in verse 20, it says, I better read this from here. In verse 20, but in the great house there are not, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also a wooden earth, and some to honour, and some to dishonour. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall become a vessel unto honour, sanctified and meet for the master's use, and prepared uh, unto every good work. Uh, and I suppose the great house uh, represents, in this, in this case, God's house. And everyone that receives the Holy Spirit uh, is made a vessel. If you find with Spirit-filled people, then not everyone's an honourable vessel. Not everybody is filled with good things. Not everybody is filled with true things. Uh, and, and, you know, that's what it says here. Uh, when we receive the Holy Spirit, he's, in John it says, to them he gave the power to become the sons of God. But, but that development of the Son of God uh, depends on our actions once we've received the Holy Spirit. You know, uh, if you think about the sower and the seed, there were four categories of soil. There was hard, 
uh, there was um, uh, there was the thorns, there was the good soil, and there was the um, birds. The birds, the birds took it away, and and um, the category was um, we're in one of two, by the way. If you've been around for a, for a while, uh, uh, the danger to you is uh, the cares of this life and deceitfulness of riches. That's the only danger to you once you've gone past a certain point. Because um, uh, the first two categories are quick. They're early on. And um, uh, so whether we're a vessel to honour uh, or a vessel to dishonour uh, is up to us. It's up to us. Uh, how, how, we, how we set ourselves up to be used you know, people used to ask me, how did you get to be a pastor? I said, well, I didn't. I used to come to the meetings. And, and in my mind was to be a vessel of honor. So if there was something to be done and it fell in my lap, I'd want to do it as unto the Lord. Uh, uh, here you're talking about vessels of honor and dishonor. It's not talking about positions in the church. Another thing that one of the Aussies was saying last week is he went to see one of the, the senior pastors that used to be, Lloyd Longfield. And uh, he was concerned at the time about people using the fellowship uh, uh, to climb up a kind of a, a, a ladder, like in some churches, it, it's it's a it's a way of making a living. And uh, in our fellowship, you'd have a job doing now to tell you. Uh, and rightly so, it's good, you know what I mean. Uh, we, we had a pastors meeting in Australia. Once there's seventy pastors on the stage, and, and Pastor John introduced you all. He remembers everyone's name. And Pastor Chris K got up and he gave a talk, and he said, uh, he said, "Why do we do it?" Talking about us lot. He says, "Why do we do it?" He says, "Is it for the money?" He says, "Obviously not. I mean, he wants paid." He says, this old Pastor John can mention your name once a year. And, uh, so he, he, was, he was just saying why we do it. And, and if you make yourself a vessel of honor, uh, it doesn't matter what other people do. It's not a matter of your position in the fellowship. And, and what, what Lloyd Longfield said to this guy, he said, I'm, I'm concerned about people climbing up. He said, there's no who's who in the Lord. It's who's in the Lord. There is no who's who in the Lord. Right? So if you go to work, you make yourself a vessel of honor as unto the Lord. You work as unto the Lord. Family life, as unto the Lord. Facebook, as unto the Lord. It doesn't matter where you are. Don't come to church to make yourself a vessel unto the Lord and then, and then be, be not family or, or not worker orientated out there. That doesn't make any sense. Is the one thing in the vessel or is the two? There is one. There can only be one. One way they used to poison kings was to poison the wine. That's why kings had cup bearers. Because they poisoned the wine. If you got poisoned in the wine, the wine was poisoned. That was it, you know. And, and here it talks about us purging ourselves uh, from these and, and making ourselves uh, uh, a vessel of honour. Identifying marks of the great house, uh, church discipline. And I'm not going to go through rules. We make rules. Uh, can you have a church without rules? Was the New Testament church a church without rules? Was the New Testament church a church without discipline? Was it? So if you've got a church without rules or discipline, are you the same as that or are you different than that? Compare and contrast. The Quakers tried to make a church. They're interesting people. They invented chocolate, more or less. The great heroes of the, of the 1800s because they wanted people not to drink. Um, so they did a lot of good things. Uh, lots of them were spirit-filled, but they tried to have a church with no authoritative structure. Right? Disastrous. It was disastrous because uh, um, people would use it to take over and take them where they didn't want to go. And there's no one to say no. There's no one to say no. On the other hand, you can have authority that's dictatorial, right? 
uh, uh, and that also they're what they're what you call uh, they're what you call extremes, um, uh, uh, and you know extremes are, are um, uh, intimidating. Uh, both of them would exist in the New Testament church. There were people that were that were over dictatorial. I can't remember the fellow's name now. Uh, he's in one of the letters of John. He loves the preeminence, throws them out of the church. You know, um, he didn't last long. Those people don't. Talking about compare and contrast, you know, sometimes uh, if you think about discipline, uh, 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 you know, people can fall and be restored. Uh, what God has made clean, call down not unclean. I was driving down the other day, and you remember where people live? They used to come. You think, because oh, maybe because it's on better with that one, you think, I'm glad that one doesn't come anymore. You know what I mean? And you think, well, what's the difference? Well, the difference is between people that, that want to do well and maybe get caught out and slip up. And people who really don't care uh, what our standards are. They don't care what our standards are. You know? So so that that's different. Somebody getting caught out that wants to do well, and somebody who doesn't care is, is totally different. You know? Uh, uh, and, and, then, and then we have to be the New Testament church. We have to be the New Testament church. Anyway, um, talking about things, compare and contrast. The gifts in the church should... Uh, um, be harmonious with the words of God. Right? So in the spiritual gifts, I've asked this before and I'll mention it again and tell you why. People shouldn't be telling other people what to do. Don't minister from frustration or from fear. Now, uh, here's a little thing. If your gifts were written down, would everybody know that it was you? Would everybody know that it was you? And if they did, then why would that be the case? Why would that be the case? Another thing, uh, we had a little, a, an interesting little time with this a few years ago. Is that when people come in that aren't spirit-filled or we think aren't spirit-filled, they shouldn't be told in the gifts the salvation message. Prophecy serves for them that believe, not for them that believe not. Does it not? Is that the case? So if something is contrary to that, then why is it contrary? Why is it contrary? You know, uh, and another thing with the gifts which I've mentioned before, is um, is um, the reason you have the gifts before the meeting in many places, not all, uh, is because they got a little bit. It was not credible. The gifts just echoed the talk. People didn't believe them because they echoed the talk. It took credibility away from the church. Credibility is a mark of the true church. So again, we ask that people don't echo the talk. You know, one of the things with. Um, things that it, things that should be in the vessels, uh, you know. If, if I was mentioned before about prophecy, if you don't have the Bible prophecies that we have, and sometimes they get people think, oh well, it's not politically acceptable these days. We have to get rid of that. Something else will come in instead. So you don't get the good thing, and instead you've got something which is which is of less use. And it's the same with the gifts. You know, sometimes it can be awkward if there's an awkward silence. People need to be a bit braver. Uh, um, yes. Uh, but I'd rather have the awkward silence and something take place of something that would be good. You know, in, in the church that you could identify as not God's church, everything has been replaced and displaced. Everything. Second, uh, in verse 25, it says, In meekness instructing those uh, that oppose themselves, if God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging, acknowledging of the truth. So, so meekness isn't to do with the tone of your voice or the tilt of your head. 
one of the famous things in religion is people start to talk in this funny voice with their held head tilted to one side. We pray for the people all over the world that they may get better by tomorrow when everybody will be happy. Amen. Right, that, 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 that's uh, a bit mean. Um, but in, in uh, the Pharisees disfigured their faces that they could look more holy. And sometimes people disfigure their voices. You know, they can sound more compassionate or it's the content that counts. Um, uh, it's, to do, it's to do with what you say uh, and not so much how you say. You don't want to be harsh. Um, uh, one thing with the gospel and the words of God generally is that sometimes people have a bit of trouble hearing it. Mm. Inside and outside. Don't make double trouble by you getting involved as well. So they haven't got to get over you and it. You know what I mean? So you stand with your hands on your hips and you, 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 you know. Uh, um, but it's no good saying something in a particular tone of voice if you don't say what needs to be said. What's the point? What's the value? Where have you gone? That's not how they did it. Right? And at the same time, if you, do, you, know, if you, if you are saying what needs to be said, uh, uh, don't get personal. And all the people said, 